Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today's episode is a solo interview with Lauren Everts Bostick, the content creator and brand builder behind The Skinny Confidential, which is a blog, book, podcast, and a lot, lot more. Lauren is well known for her straightforward advice, and this interview is no exception. She doesn't hold back on sharing how she has scaled her brand and her unique revenue streams. Lauren shares how she narrows down her endless ideas so she can actually execute and prioritize work, what she would do if she was starting out today with her blog, her morning routine, and a lot more. And now, this is The Females. Well, hi, Lauren. Welcome to The Females. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's start with just a general introduction. If no one's ever heard of you and the Skinny Confidential, you know, what is it? And kind of, you know, what, how do you describe what you do? So the Skinny Confidential started as a blog. I was very clear on the fact that I wanted to build a brand. I started as a blog. I was attending San Diego State University. I was bored out of my mind. (laughs) And I, I wanted to find something that was creative that allowed me to be entrepreneurial. So I decided to launch with the foundation being the blog. And then from there, I slowly grew out into a book, a YouTube channel, a podcast, now product line at the end of this year, and then another book next year. So it's, it's been over probably 11 years. And I always say it's like your cheeky resource for beauty and wellness. Yeah. It's kind of getting the juice. The skinny is not anything about being skinny. It's about getting the juice. Yeah. You were actually one of the first blogs I started reading when I was bored out of my mind in my first job. So this, uh, I just find that always funny because it's like, I always joke with people. I'm like, I haven't done anything for this, like, you know, more than four years school. And I've been running Career Contested for seven years, which means I've been following you probably nine-ish years, which is kind of I don't know. I feel like we're dating ourselves. That seems like a really long time, but that's crazy. It came full circle too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm not going to ask you how you started the skinny confidential. Everybody who's listening to this, she has talked about this a million times. You can definitely learn about it from your blog or even I would say like Google search your name in in a podcast episode. So we won't ask about that, but I do think it's important to point out that you've been building this brand, as you mentioned, 11 years. So there's no overnight success here. So I want to use this episode to really learn a little bit more in 
how you've, I guess, scaled your business and your growth over the last few years in you know, specifically, are there any specific actions you can share about how you've been strategic about that scale? Absolutely. So I started as a solopreneur. So I was working for myself and that requires a lot of discipline, a lot of patience, a lot of rinse and repeat, a lot of, I I call it like you just are hitting the same mountain every single day, tiny little, little hits every day, make up the big hole. So I would say I started as an entrepreneur and slowly had to expand out, like you said, and scale the business and become more of a leader and and delegate, which has been very hard for me. I'm sure we'll get into that. The tangible tips and tactics that I used are definitely be a practitioner of your calendar. So I have someone who is like one of their main jobs is just to run my calendar and run my life. And that includes everything from when I'm showering, when I'm walking, when I'm driving, Google invites, color coded by workouts in yellow, like very, very down to a science with the calendar. Another thing that I talk about all the time is time batching. So I realized in the first five years of my business that I was all over the place. Like I would do two photo shoots a week and conference calls, you know, Monday through Friday and interviews all week. And what was happening is that it's hard for your brain to switch. So I realized, okay, I need to schedule all my conference calls on Wednesday. I need to do one shoot a month on a Friday, do a huge long shoot, get it all done. I need to write content on Wednesdays and Mondays at the same time. I need to have a creative graphic design meeting on the same day. I need to have my sprint with my team the same day every week. Like I just really made sure that I was batching my time and that made a huge difference in my business. And then another thing that I talk about all the time, but it really has made the world of difference is a time cube. And those are those cheap little ugly time blocks off Amazon. And what you do is you commit to doing one task and only one task for the entire amount of time. So for instance, you could say, I'm going to be writing a blog post from one o'clock to two o'clock. I'm not going to do anything else. And that's that. And people say, well, why can't I use my phone? You don't want to use your phone here because your phone is so distracting. And you just want to put your phone away and focus on the task at hand. I do this thing every morning that I I talk about a lot on Instagram stories called the Ivy Lee method. And it was invented by Charles Schwab. And basically you write down the six most important things that you need to get done in order. And you don't move on to the next thing until the one above it is done. And that's hard. You know, that's very, very hard. But what I've done now as becoming a mother and, and running this business for the last 11 years is I really, really do not let the outside noise affect me. So I'm very much like, okay, what are the tasks that I need to do, the priorities today, and how can I get them done as soon as possible? So those are probably my tips uh, and my tactical tips on how to scale. Yeah. And I I would just second those also as somebody who runs a lean team, like you, you have to prioritize your day and you have to be so good at that because there's not enough hours otherwise. And I'm curious how many people are on your team and, and what do they do? So we have three people in-house. We have my executive assistant. We have Mimi, who's a creative editor. She does all of the creative. Then we have Taylor, who's our producer, and he also edits my videos. Then we also have a lot of freelancers. So we have graphic designers. We have someone who works on the back end of the website. We have moderators in my Facebook group. We have someone who is the photographer. We ha- I, have, I usually use a makeup artist when I'm shooting. 
And I probably have two photographers, a videographer, just a lot of freelance, which has been really amazing because you're able to see the creative through different people's eyes as opposed to just one person's eye. Yeah. I actually like that because I feel like there's always a lot of pressure of when people think about starting a business, they think they have to have everything perfect from day one. And that includes having a team. And so it's like, well, if I can't have a million dollars to get all the, you know, consistent full-time employees in place, then I just can't do it. And you are a living, breathing example of someone who started as a solopreneur and probably expanded and hired each of those people, I would assume, as you needed them, right? Not like all at once. Absolutely. And I, and I get to use the people as, as I need them. So if yeah. I don't need graphics for the month, then I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have to use the graphic designer if I only need four graphics or if I need a hundred graphics. So that's really nice too. Yeah. We are moving into sort of a communal office space with Dear Media and Woo More Play. And there'll be more of a community for the people that work on team, which is going to be really, really nice for everyone that works with me. Yeah, no, definitely. I want to talk about business models because I think that, you know, if somebody's listening to this, and I think one of the things that's happening is people might be losing their jobs due to COVID and and being laid off. And so they're thinking about what do I want to do next? So some people are maybe going to start their business and that's something that they've been putting off and now they can do it. Or maybe people are thinking, I want to start a new business so I can leverage it into a job. And so I think money becomes a natural part of this because, you know, you got to pay the bills. So let's talk about business models. What is the business model for the Skinny Confidential? And and simply put, I guess, like, how do you guys make money? How do you make money? <laughs> so I think it's really important just before I get into this to mention what you said earlier, that people overwhelm themselves with having to do it all. I really went into blogging with the intention to provide value and takeaways for someone who was reading my blog. And that's all I did. And I just focused on that. I didn't even think about money. When a blogger reaches out to me and says, how do you make money? I want to say you got to completely revise that question. Yeah, like you're it's starting such, from the wrong place. <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't make one dime for three years and I blogged every single day for seven days a week. And that's, that is the honest to God truth. I blogged seven days a week and worked on distributing the content through Facebook and um, Tumblr and we heart it and Pinterest. And, and I don't even know if Instagram was around. I distributed the content. I wrote the content. I shot the content and didn't make one penny for three years. So I think that you need to refine your intention when you're starting out with that. As far as how I make money now, I, the overall plan, like I said, was to create a brand. So I knew the first thing I needed for the brand was the foundation and that was the blog. And I decided pretty early on not to sell ads on my site. I just, I felt like it was selly. And this is at a time where bloggers were making money off ads. So we, we nixed the ads and we focused more on affiliates. And with the affiliates, they started to see how many sales the Skinny Confidential was driving. So that, that led to collaborations and partnerships. And from there, I wrote the book. And then I wrote a fitness ebook. And then I launched Blogdo, which is a website and blog design company with my best friend, Erica, from Fashion Lush. And we started building other bloggers their blogs. And then we launched the podcast. And as you know, that's more collaborations and partnerships. And then Michael, my husband, launched Your Media. We just decided, okay, like we've built the brand of the Skinny Confidential. How can we uplift other people and teach them to be podcasters like us? So we launched Dear Media. And now 
I'm to this point where, you know, I'm a new mom. It's 11 years down the road and it's time for me to stop building everyone else's brand and build my own. Right. And, and I think that's a really, really important conversation that bloggers need to have because I personally don't want to be putting ads all over all my platforms for the next 10 years. That's just not what I want. I've done that. I've worked with the brands that I love, but I don't want to oversaturate my audience with too many brands and I want to build my own. So the energy for the next 10 years will be into building the product line. And I have been building, and this is another thing people need to see. I have been working on the product line for the last two years, every single day. So that just shows you how long things take. It does not happen overnight. And I think like for me, I don't look at, I never look A to Z. I just look A to B and then B to C. And you know this with like writing a book. You can't look at chapter one through chapter 20. You just have to get through chapter one. You just have to get through chapter one. And then once you do chapter one, you have to get through chapter two. And it's like, I think people just talk themselves out of it because they're fearful of how overwhelming it is for the, the whole picture. Right. I I know that I have for sure I went through that with a book, which is I know we've talked about this before like, "Woo, you're going to write a second book." But I I think I'm I'm too close to it. Maybe it's still painful for me, but I know for me I I struggle with this sometimes between how do you manage the strategy for your business versus the execution because the execution has to happen. You have to actually act. You you can be in planning mode all day long, which is why I think your point about A to B versus A to Z is so important. And I hope people are really listening to this, that if you want to build anything, whether it's a brand, a project, a website, an Instagram, it's something that you have to take small bites out of in order to kind of get to the full thing. And and I know that there is analysis paralysis and people get really overwhelmed. And it's like, they always want to know what's the secret to not getting overwhelmed. And I feel like, I don't think it's a secret. I think it's just a matter of what you talked about earlier is like being really specific about your priorities. Have you felt that way between like how to trying to manage like long-term strategy versus like day-to-day execution? Yeah. I mean, you do feel overwhelmed and I don't feel inspired hundred percent of the time. I feel inspired 20% of the time, but the 80% is where the magic happens. It's like, get up, do the work, be patient. And the most important part of the whole cake, the flower is the execution. Mm-hmm. You can tell me all day long, you have an idea. I remember when I was launching the Skinny Confidential, I didn't talk to anyone about the idea. I just went out and did it. And the mistake that I made is that I talked to Michael about it, my husband only. (laughs) And so I would blab his ear off about this idea. And one day we were eating oysters. I'll never forget this drinking like martinis. And I was telling him like, I want to launch this blog. And like, I I don't want it to be outfits like everyone else. I want it to, to have like all these different ideas and modifications. And he looked at me and he's like, this is the last time I'm fucking talking about this with you launch or stop talking about it. Yeah. And for me, like that is the last 11 years, whenever I have an idea, it's talk is cheap. Right now we're in quarantine. If you're miserable at your job or you were miserable at your job or you lost your job, you are literally being given a gift with this quarantine. There's so much opportunity in this, this quarantine and being still and being at home. It makes me sick when I see people complaining. If I had this quarantine when I was a bartender, I would have been smiling from ear to ear. You have literally time to sit and to do exactly what you want to do and build it exactly how you want to build it. We never have time like this. Yeah. It is a silver lining. Yeah. To be complaining about this. I mean, 
I wrote a book in quarantine. That's what, like that. I took the quarantine and I was like, okay, what can I do? And listen, I'm not saying I do everything perfect because I'm sure there's a lot of like other things I could be doing in quarantine, like or things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. But the point is, is we have time on our hands and we should really leverage that time and, and, and use it wisely. Let's take a quick break to talk about Roy. What does your skincare routine look like? Our skin is so important, and it's often the first sign that we're stressed, tired, or overworked. It's important to have a skincare routine to take care of your biggest and most outward-facing organ, your skin. I want to introduce you to Rory, the digital health clinic for women. Rory, the sister brand to Roman, makes it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online to get the skincare treatment you need all without time-wasting trips to the doctor, scheduling consultations, or waiting in line at pharmacies. Get on your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S.-licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment that works just for you and your skin. With Rory, you don't even have to leave your house. Your custom skincare is delivered right to you, free, two-day shipping. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that, especially in these corona times, because we know you're not going anywhere. You can also follow up with a healthcare professional anytime if you need to make a change to your treatment to fit your custom needs. You know, when your skin changes because of the weather or like for us, we're having all these fires and the smoke. Now's the time to say, hey, my skin's not into that and they'll change it for you. They're with you every step of the way for your skincare journey. With Rory, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So all you got to do is go to hellorory.com slash females to try out Nightly Defense for just $5. You heard that right. Just $5, which I looked at this and it's usually like 75. So this is an awesome deal. It's free to chat with a doctor and your first order is just $5. So to get that deal for the five bucks, go to hellorory.com slash females. Eligibility requirements and additional terms may apply. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. I think another, I guess, skill that you have had with building your brand and your business is patience, which I actually remember when I was launching Career Contessa, my dad's an entrepreneur and he was like, you know, don't do it for five minutes if you're not going to spend five years doing it. And at the time I was like, five years? Like, there's no way this is going to take that long. If it takes that long, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out, you know? It's definitely been more than five years. And I think patience is a piece that people just need to maybe chat about more or just discuss and 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 look at that as more the the badge of honor versus the, oh, she's got her product line or she's got this or she has that, you know, the comparison to what other people have and assuming that you need to get there quickly. I don't know. Have you have you felt that way? Like when it comes to growing your brand, you recognize that patience is like truly one of your best best assets? I actually get off on patience. There's something about it 
that that literally turns me on. <laughs> if you're patient, you are building something that's really substantial. You're building a house of brick as opposed to a house of hay. And I know what time can do if you use it right. And with, with that mixed with patience, I think is pure power. I, th- I think it's so powerful to be able to build something slowly, strategically, methodically, and, and, and put it out there as opposed to just going viral and having like a one hit wonder. So patience to me is actually, it's like almost a game. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like like just to kind of go back to, I think one of the questions I've been getting recently about entrepreneurship is like, what are your tips on how to, you know, grow visitors and traffic to your blog or your Instagram? And it's like, there's no magic tip here. The tip is create amazing content and put it out every day. And I know you have some more specific tips. Like you are amazing when it comes to sharing behind the scenes looks at you, your life, your business. And I feel like you are really, really good at prioritizing community. Does that come naturally to you? Did you have to learn that? I mean, what, you know, how does that play into your overall brand and and kind of the skill set of branding for you? The number one thing I spend the most time on by far out of everything in my life is listening. I listen to my audience. I read the DMs. I engage with them. I watch the Facebook group. I watch a human interaction. I watch human nature. I listen to what they say they want. I don't tell them what they want. They, they have built this community because I've listened to what the direction that they want to go. And my product line will be a complete representation of that. The product line is literally 11 years of listening to what people want and need and then mixing in social media because if you launch product, you want to make sure that it's perfect for social media, which I feel like I've been a practitioner of because I've gotten sent so much product. So I'm, I'm like, okay, what font's going to look good? Does this roll? Because if it rolls, the blogger can't take a flat lay. Like there's all these little things like the PR package, like how does the blogger, how does the unboxing of, of this look? If I want to send things to a consumer, like how are they opening this? What's their experience? So I feel like those things mixed together, hopefully, I hope, will make a successful product line. But I think that people, I think bloggers need to just really zone in on listening to the audience. And you know, a lot of bloggers say, well, how do I get more followers? And I'm like, no, focus on the followers that you have, listen to them, talk to them, engage with them, and they will go out and they will be the soldiers for you and they will go distribute your content for you. Mm-hmm. That's like a disconnect that I see happening a lot. And I, I think that's the same for any brand or business that you're starting. Focus on the people that you have. Nurture those relationships. Don't take them for granted. They are, they are the ones that will go out and, and talk about you and your brand and your community. Right. I completely agree with that. I want to go back to something you just said about focusing on the audience that you do have. And I know that you've said before that everything you post, whether it's on your Instagram, your blog, with your podcast, that there is a key takeaway. Can you kind of explain your thought process behind that? Because I do think a lot of people are like, great, I'm going to do that. But then they kind of get stuck in the like, well, what should I share? And and maybe you could just explain like your thought process on when you're sharing is like, why are you sharing that thing? Yeah, we can use Instagram stories, for example. So I wake up every day and I'm like, how am I going to tell the story of my day? And I seriously think like, what is the story today? Like, so I kind of lay it out. So say I'm waking up and I'm working out. I'm not just going to take a picture of a yoga mat with a ball. 
I'm going to tell them where the yoga mat's from, where the ball's from, what workout I'm doing. Maybe I'm going to engage with them by asking them if they'll work out today. I look at it as a very 360 approach. Maybe the next, the next slide is a swipe up for where they can find the yoga mat so they don't have to spend time searching for it. And then it's like, how am I going to show each facet of the day in detail? And I'll give you an example. Like after we get off this call, I'm going to be posting some flowers that a friend sent. And while that's really pretty and cute, what does that do for the audience? Nothing. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to like thank this friend on Instagram story. The flowers are beautiful. What's something I do with flowers when I have them? I put a penny in the vase and that makes the flowers last longer. So I would write that on the Instagram story and maybe add music over it and a cool filter to make it aesthetically pleasing. Like I really think of each piece of content that I put out there as like I said, the three, the full 360 approach. I can smell lazy content. The audience can smell lazy content. Like when I'm having a day where I just, I, I just need a break, I just don't post. I'll go and take a break. The reason I'm so gnarly about my morning routine and my nighttime routine is because you need the energy to be efficient and to, to be functioning at a high level. So if I have like a feeling that I do want to post lazy content, I just take a break. Yeah, it's better to take a break than it is to quit or or to post something lazy as to your point. And as people will recognize that and I feel like, you know, you maybe only get a couple maybe a couple times like that before the audience. It's like it's like the blogger who maybe promotes a product that they don't actually use. Like people can they can just sniff that out. I think that's a really good way of describing, you know, when when something's not authentic for sure. Let's take a quick break to talk about you need a budget. Yes, you. In reality, we should all have a budget in place, but it's a pain to do. And money can be a scary thing. That's why you need a budget is here to help you budget long-term. You need a budget is a budgeting software that lets you prioritize your budget for your specific needs and nobody else's. Most new budgeters save more than $600, you heard that correctly, 600 in their first month and six thousand dollars within their first year. That's enough money to give a little peace of mind and spend your time confronting your real fears head on. You've got this. A huge part of budgeting success hinges on you need a budget's four signature rules of budgeting. These proven rules help you successfully manage your budget for the long term. One of their rules that's my personal favorite is don't spend money that's less than 30 days old. That's right. You want to spend adult dollars, not baby dollars. Curious to learn more about what that means? Now you can join the thousands of budgeters who have changed their lives using You Need a Budget and sign up for a free 34-day trial at youneedabudget.com slash females. And here's your favorite budget-friendly part of the whole thing. There's no credit card required. So it's a true free 34 days. You're not going to get some weird charge at the end of it. So again, that's youneedabudget.com slash females. You Need a Budget, the money management tool that changes lives. Let it change yours. All right, now let's get back to the show. I've realized after like dealing with all different kinds of people that, that some really, really, really smart people think that because they're so smart that other people aren't smart. And it's the biggest downfall that I've seen. And I've noticed that, that it happens, it happens a lot is that they're so smart and they did so like they went to the best college and you know they're rich and they're successful 
but they underestimate people around them. And that is such a mistake. I assume everyone is is so smart. And I think that you can go wrong as a blogger or influencer or brand when you assume you're outsmarting the audience. It's it's a lot of people get in trouble with that. Yeah. Yeah. What about speaking of mistakes? What are some other mistakes you would say, maybe especially looking back now, uh, having 11 years at this, where either people go wrong when they're starting out and and then also, I guess this is a two-part question, also go wrong when they're launching their own product lines. Because I do think we've seen a huge increase in influencers and content creators putting out their own products and services. And actually, it's not just influencers and content creators. It's also a lot of people who own online businesses, whether they're launching an online course or you know, a coaching service. So what are just some overall things that you see that people just, they just make, you know, it's like, ah, that was a mistake, but it, it could have been easily adverted. As far as, as influencers or brands that are launching product, I think where the mistakes happen is when they just slap their label on something with no thought. I think that that to me is not listening to your audience and your community. I think that launching a product, in my opinion, should take a long time. It should be completely picked out and involved with the audience, like the audience should be involved in what like the colors are and, and, and you should ask questions and engage them. And I also think it should have your own personal stamp of approval and be very on brand for what you're launching. Right. So don't be launching like a mattress company when you never have talked about anything related to sleep before, for example. No. And don't be launching like a CBD company when you've never talked about CBD because it's the hot trend to launch and you think you can make money. Right. Now, listen, uh, my friend Fashion Lash talks about weed all the time. She's huge into weed. She's huge into CBD. She has a brand called Fashion Kush, and it's all about weed. And she should launch CBD. That's someone that has been content marketing to launch CBD. It makes sense. But when you've been content marketing shoes and dresses for the last five years, and then you come out with a tea, it's confusing the consumer. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. It's not, there's no longevity in that. There's a difference between marketing and sales, right? And I think there is a lot of confusion over that where it's like, you could sell, people think, oh, I can market this product. And it's like, well, what happens is the math doesn't work out, right? It's like, okay, you're trying to sell this thing by then using a lot of smart technical people to set up a Facebook ad to get the acquisition per product to a certain price. That is sales. And yeah, that's why, you know, Target is able to sell a variety of whatever. But when you are selling a product, you're marketing. You mentioned content marketing. That's kind of what what made me think of that. Those are two very different things. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of brands are very confused too. They're so focused on sales and ROI that what they don't realize is if you build the brand and and you market, like you said, and you just get brand recognition going, there's a lot of power to that. Mm. And, you know, I, I know that someone has to see something at least 16 times to purchase it. So tell the story of the product, let it be a natural, seamless story. And then you give, 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 give. And then you ask as, as Gary Vee always says. Right. Yeah, that's a very good lesson for people who are, again, like thinking about starting or maybe you've already started creating value. Give, give, give. Don't think about how you're going to make money off of this or what you can sell right away. I think those are kind of like summary lessons that we've talked about. 
I want to ask you about your morning routine because I know that you're very dedicated to it. And I think that you would probably agree that it's it's part of what helps set you up for success. So can you share what is your morning routine and maybe how this habit allows you to be more successful and focus and prioritize your time? Yeah. The first thing is, and I would recommend this to everyone on the planet, is don't look at your phone. I do not look at my phone. The only thing I will look at my phone for is to read a book on my phone or to press play on a podcast or to put music on. I don't touch social media in the morning. It raises my cortisol. It makes me incredibly reactive. It's not proactive. It's everyone else's to-do list in my text messages. It's everyone else's to-do list in my emails. It's, it's not productive or efficient, in my opinion. This is after years and years and years of waking up and checking my email, which is a huge mistake. It's like you wake up, you check your email. It's all these people that need something from you. They're all trying to cross their to-do list off. So I wake up, I want to be in a creative mindset when I wake up. I don't want to be working for everyone else. And I usually read first thing. I like to read. I feel like it starts my brain off with something that it it fills my brain with knowledge. I wake up, I, I see Zaza, I hang out with her for a little bit, feed her. And then I make the bed and I make the bed. I mean, you've heard this from a million people. I feel like it sets the tone of the day. You're doing something. I'm really, really into Wim Hof's breathing right now. I cannot say enough good things about it. They compared 10 minutes of his breathing to four hours of meditation. Wow. Wow. It's, it's truly equivalent to that. And I, I used to do headspace every day and the breathing is 8 million times more effective. So I do his breathing for 10 minutes. It's absolutely life-changing. And then immediately I take a freezing, freezing, freezing cold three-minute shower. I put the timer on, I put a podcast on and I get in the shower and it's hell. But here's the thing. It's building my mental toughness. It's waking up my lymphatic system. It gives me energy. And now I don't even notice it. And I actually crave it. This whole process sounds overwhelming so far, but like it doesn't take me long because everything's like, like Tim Ferriss used to say he would wear the same outfit every day because it, it takes all the confusion out of everything and doesn't have to make you make decisions. I'm not making decisions in the morning. I'm just, I'm just doing what I'm, what I do every morning. And then I like to, I like, I, I didn't say this, but I always have the shades open the minute I wake up to get light in. I like to hydrate huge water with lemon, mint, ginger. You have all these things. You can just chop them up, put them in your drink. And then I like to move. I have to move in the morning. I have to move my body. And recently I've been walking. I'll walk to Pilates, listen to a podcast, do Pilates, walk back home, or I'll do P-Volve from home. Some kind of movement I feel like clears my brain. And so it's like clearing the file. And then after that, I immediately make that Ivy Lee list of what needs to get done. At this point, I have probably a hundred text messages. Wow. So (laughs) I've never had that many in my life. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) You know, I've also had the same number though, since I was eight years old. So I don't know if I need to change. But what I've, I want to do a whole podcast episode. I am so passionate about this right now. Because someone texts you does not mean you have to respond. Yes. That took me 11 years. I used to respond to everyone right away. It is so counterintuitive. And this is such a big mistake that I made for so long. 
to respond to everyone when they text. Just because you ask me a question doesn't mean I have to answer right back. In fact, if you believe that, you're disrespecting my time. And I wouldn't do that to you. If I text you and you text me back a week later, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I mean, I'm taking your time. And so text messages is a funny thing for me. I, you know, right now, like as this is going on, it like kind of gives me anxiety because when I get off, I'll have a lot of them. So what I realized is shit, I have to batch my text messages. So I started taking two hours every week and going through them. And the ones that are really important are like titled the skinny confidential team. If it's from my dad or my sister, like that's obviously different, but if it's someone from second grade asking me for a favor, like I'm probably not going to respond for three weeks. And I'm going to, I, like I said, I'm going to do a podcast on this because I right. feel, I feel like it's a really gnarly problem right now. I think people think because they text you, they should get a response back. And my birthday was May 21st. It's July 2nd. I still haven't texted back. Thank you for all the happy birthday texts. I agree. I mean, I think there's a whole new etiquette I don't want to say like rule set, but like etiquette rules around inbox text and all of the things, especially in quarantine. I feel like uh, we just actually had this as a Dear Career Contessa question where somebody was like, I said yes to the informational interview. And then the person didn't show up and was like, oh, can we reschedule? And she was like, no, because I already was willing to give you the time that, and it was, that was already a big ask. And so there's also, you know, a right way to do all of this stuff. And I think part of it is etiquette. Part of it is also recognizing that just because you text someone, your to-do, like your message is not part of their to-do list and that you have no right for that expectation either. Listen, of course, there's exceptions and emergencies and situations when a text message needs a text back. But if you're asking me to borrow my green shirt, like I, I'm, I'm not gonna like I, I'm. You're, you're infringing on on my space and my time, and especially now that I'm a new mom. And you, you know what's funny? I think I'm getting so frustrated with this because you you nailed it. You said we're in quarantine. People are bored, and they're doing all these group texts, and there's all these memes, and the whole family texts that like I don't even know like what we're yes. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like people are bored, and so. I, I am not responsible for entertaining their boredom. And, and, and I don't mean like I'm like the grand vizar. Like I'm just saying like, I think people in general should just really monitor where their energy is going. Because if I responded to every single text, I wouldn't have written a book in quarantine. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had time. I'd right. be responding to texts all day. Right. And this goes back to the very first question, which is people get overwhelmed because they have too many things to do. And so part of that is really being able to prioritize what actually requires your energy and time and what doesn't. And that is, it's absolutely a skill. It's hard to do. It takes practice. It's a habit that you have to do. But also part of it is like, as you said, I'm not going to feel bad for not responding to people. So sometimes we have our own kind of, I guess, like walls up too about, oh, I, you know, you have to kind of almost get over feeling bad or whatever internal stuff you feel regarding that because prioritizing your time and energy is going to help you out way more than responding to the text about the green shirt, for example. I would, I mean, I would challenge your audience when they turn off this podcast to do two lists. The first list I would write is a high level list of six things that they want to do. So for instance, I need to lose about 25 pounds because I just had a baby. And that is something that is a priority for me that would go on my, my, my list. Another thing that would go on there is put the finishing touches on my book. Okay. Then I would make a, a micro list and I would make a list of six things that you can do today to move the needle towards something that, that's important to you. 
So where you're going to allocate your energy. So just to give you a, for instance of mine today, like mine is I need to post an Instagram. I need to do a TikTok. I need to write a blog post and I need to pick photos from a Dropbox. Like those are little things that are going to move the needle in the smallest way towards towards my overall goal. So have your macro list of your things that are non-negotiables. It's a non-negotiable to me that I don't work out. I'm, I'm in the midst of losing weight. Like I said, like it's a non-negotiable for me to skip lunch. I need to eat a certain way to achieve the goal. So have your macro goals, have your micro goals and things that are sucking energy and taking energy away from those things you need to evaluate. Yeah, I think that's great advice and a great note to leave everyone on. Create your micro and macro list. Lauren, thank you so much for joining the females and sharing all these tips. I, I feel like from time management to productivity to building a business, we covered a lot. So <laughs> I feel like this is a really good episode and everybody can follow you. You're pretty much everywhere with the Skinny Confidential and you guys have an amazing podcast. Is there anywhere else pe- people should be looking for you? Yeah, what I would say is we interviewed Lauren. Uh, on our podcast. So definitely go check that out. It's an amazing interview. It was so good. I was taking notes and we ended up writing a blog post on, on so many of her tips. So if you're going to go check out our podcast, check out her episode. It's very, very good. And, um, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. That was so fun. You're such a great interviewer. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And in your review, one thing we think is awesome is when you share one new thing that you've learned since listening to the show. So if you leave us a review, be sure to tell us what you learned. And remember, my book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose is on sale now. And in it, I actually share the story of how I started Career Contessa. So I know that with Lauren's story, maybe people are thinking about starting their own blogs or brands. So another story of how someone started something. You can find more information about the book at powermovesbook.com. I'll also put it in the show notes. And a big thank you to Lauren Everts Bostic for sharing her entrepreneurial tips with us and all of you you can follow Lauren on at the skinny confidential on Instagram or listen to her podcast, the skinny confidential him and her podcast, including my interview about career advice and how to job search right now on her show. So again, I'll put all of that in the show notes as well.